Some of the greatest songs of faith originated from slaves of the United States. People who were sold by their own, shackled, shipped, and handled like product. Families torn apart, women raped and abused, men beaten and bartered. But despite all that, despite the suffering and shame, many of them created and, and sang songs about redemption and hope and God, the same God of their masters. The faith of the slaves far exceeded the examples of their masters. Just like the owners of the slaves, Jonah had his prejudices about the Ninevites. Jonah isn't just a book among the twelve prophets, it is also a mirror for all those who believe. But yet, our prejudices allow us to restrict our faith. The amazing thing about grace? Even if we choose our prejudice over our faith, God can still inspire the slaves to sing of hope and, like the Ninevites, eventually experience it. Not a whale of a story, just God doing His thing. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U. A weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome back to Sabbath School University. I'm Ike Mueller, and we have an exciting lesson about Jonah, the prophet Jonah, and the book of Jonah today. And I'm very thankful that you are on the show. We have a panel of guests. I'm very happy to see you, and I'm looking forward to our discussion about Jonah. So as we introduce, introduce yourselves and tell us a story about water so that we can resonate with the story of Jonah. My name is Autumn Ostman. I'm working on my master's in teaching. And my first experience with water happened when I was, that I can remember, was when I was three or four. And I was at swimming lessons and all the instructors went on break and they left us in the water and I let go of the sides accidentally and drifted into the deep end and went under and my mom clear across the end of the pools running to get me but my sister thankfully saw me swam over and got me and hauled me to the side and my mom was like i can just imagine the headlines child drowns at swimming lessons so i'm thankful that my sister got me and i just and that you're alive <laughs> yes. it's unbelievable that they just left you just left us Not they were wise. very trusting <laughs> well, my name is Edie, and i am studying a master's in religion um, I have something to say about water. Uh, I cannot, for some reason, drink water without counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, until I'm done drinking. So it's weird, but that's my story about water. <laughs> my name is Jennifer. I'm studying nursing. And my story about water has to do with a couple of years ago on a mission trip in the Galapagos Islands, where they took us um, swimming out in the ocean between these two big rocks and there were sharks in the water, so I felt a little bit like Jonah as I jumped over the side wondering if I would be swallowed by a big fish too. <laughs> That's amazing. I have a really interesting story, but my wife would kill me if I told it, so I'm not going to tell that story. But um, I don't really like water in the first place. You always get wet with it. The only place I like to be is on the water. So I really like canoeing, and a couple of years ago my, my brother and I went on a trip to Minnesota Boundary Waters and did canoeing, and it was just amazing and beautiful. Um, so. That's the boat story of Jonah that we have there. <laughs> well, as we get into our study, Jennifer, would you read our scripture and start us off with a word of prayer? Absolutely. Our scripture reading comes from Jonah chapter 2, verse 9. 
I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful for the opportunity to come together and look at the book of Jonah, this runaway missionary. Lord, I pray that you would guide our discussion and that we would walk away with a better knowledge of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The story of Jonah is so famous. We tell it in children's stories and at Sabbath school and, and everywhere. We grew up with it, right? This, this mm -hmm. big fish is this beautiful story. What is the basic message, though, besides the fish? For me, I think there's two main messages that kind of I pull out of the book of Jonah. And that's, first of all, God is a God of love and mercy. I mean, you think of the people that he's asking Jonah to go to. He's asking them to go to the Ninevites, who are this wicked, awful people from this country or this nation that has done atrocities to the children of Israel. And he says, I'm going to send one of my very own prophets to these wicked people because I want them to have the message of salvation. Not just my people, but these people as well. And so God in his love and mercy sends this prophet to them and they the entire city is converted. And then we see God's love and mercy, not just for them, but we see his love and mercy for a renegade prophet who is in direct disobedience to God. And he runs away, but God is like, no, no, let's be patient with this prophet and try to get him to come back around. And so we see God's patience and love with a, with a group of people that do confess. And then we see his patience and love with a person who doesn't mm -hmm. confess. And both of them he's seeking to bring to himself. And then the second thing that I think really comes out in the book of Jonah is that God is not willing for any to perish. He wants everyone to come to repentance. And he's going to do everything he can if it's you know, judgments saying, I, I have to rebuke sin, but I don't want to, or if it's putting someone in an uncomfortable position in the belly of a whale, he's going to do whatever he can to bring those people to repentance. And I think you see that all through the book of Jonah. And you know what, um, Autumn, that makes me think of what Ika said at the beginning, that we usually, when we're little, I don't know about you, but you learn it in a way that it's more like, he did wrong, don't disobey God, you know, make sure you do what you're supposed to do, which in part is valid, right? But at the same time, there's so much rich richness to it when you're an adult and you can start thinking about all these things and you can see that, like you said, the message is love and forgiveness and grace of God and it's super incredible. I think if we could sum up the whole book of Jonah in one verse, it would be Jonah 4.2, the second part. It says, For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. That's, that's an amazing story. Mm -hmm. and, and Jonah actually uses that in the context against God. <laughs> you are so nice to these people. Why are you so nice to them? <laughs> I'm upset at you because you are so nice. And it's kind of that, that oxymoron. And, and that, I think, it leads to another kind of idea in the book of Jonah. This person that commits to God, then doesn't follow through, runs away, then commits himself again to God in the belly of the whale, says, I'll do whatever you want me to, just take me out of here. And then he, in chapter 4, he still is upset against God. Mm -hmm. And he still, he says, I promise I won't in our key text, right? I promise I will do what you ask me to. And then he doesn't. Mm -hmm. He really doesn't. He goes Very to human. And... <laughs> It reminds me a lot about myself. Yeah. Um, it's, 
That's the beauty is of God's patience with him. I mean, you read chapter four and, and God is just asking him very simple questions. Should I not be gracious? Should I not show love on these people? I mean, he's just very gently working with a very bad prophet or a very <laughs> rebellious prophet that he's just, he really wants to work with Jonah's heart just as much as he did of all the people in Nineveh. I think you, you have a really good point uh, that this is exactly about, about this repentance, mm -hmm. uh, that theme. Before we get into that real meat of that repentance and, and the key part about the book, I think this, this idea of Jonah repenting and then coming back and then, then deserting God in a sense again, how do you relate that or, or what can we say about our life where we have felt God lead us and then we forget about it and then, then, we, then we try again and how do you relate that? Yeah, well, I think it's easy to forget. I'm not saying it's the best thing or that it's okay or it's the ideal, but I think as human beings, there's some selfishness in us um, that we can see in the story of Jonah, for example. We can think maybe of Abraham or even the Israelites in several stories. That We, we can see that hum the human condition in its selfishness I don't know, it's just easy to be thinking about like, you know, like the horses like this, about, you know, this is my situation right now and there's no answer right now, what am I going to do? And then you forget that God has actually worked in your life in the past, He's done miracles, you know? So I think that it's something very human and it's something that we see a lot in the Bible. There's a reason, I think, why God puts it so much repeatedly in the Bible. Maybe it's to let us know that we can work together so that that won't have to be that way, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you guys think? Like you said, I kind of find myself being short-sighted and narrow-minded a lot of the time. God does amazing things for me and then I get into the next trial and I forget about it. Mm -hmm. But something the Lord has been working with me on in the past couple of years is, is to write down. When He does something mm -hmm. incredible for me, I write it down so that I have, first of all, the action of writing fixes it in my mind. And second of all, then I have something tangible. So when I come to a new tough spot, I can go back and reread. Lord, here's what you did for me here and here and here. And it's a way of reminding me the things that I've forgotten mm -hmm. about how he's led. I think that's an amazing practical mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. way of doing that. I, I feel that I'm very lazy and uh, I've tried many times to have a diary or something. You read all these great writers that have a diary and then they just I, I am not very good at that. I need it to have learn to be that. It every day. Here's what you know happened you can make today. Some, but like Twitter tweets, like short ones. Can you do this for me today? Yeah. <laughs> take that long. And I'm a bad writer too. But you know, my friend and I, she's a good writer. I'm a bad writer. And she would be like, write, write, write. But what she developed for me, which I'm actually really very grateful, is that she said, just have a, a, like a, a theme for this semester or so. And so. It's easy for me to have a theme that helps me to remember how God is leading me that semester. And then I always have just that thing written on my desk or something. And it helps me to remember, not necessarily writing that much. Very good practical advice here already. Let's go into the, uh, I guess, in this, this famous quote, right? Uh, Lest we forget what God has done in the past, we will keep on repeating yeah. things. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's why we study history and to learn from mistakes of others and, and to keep on trudging along and be able to do what you said uh, in, in our life. Feel God's presence and sometimes look back in difficult moments. The Israelites struggled with that throughout mm -hmm. their wandering, right? And Jonah redoes that same, yeah. same process. Repentance. What can we learn about repentance in the book of Jonah? The story of Jonah really tells me what great lengths God will go to mm -hmm. in order to call people to repentance. 
he loved the Ninevites so much he wanted to call a whole nation to repentance and he sent Jonah as the bearer of that mm. call for them. He ran away but the Lord tracked Jonah down and brought him with the message, the call to repentance. Autumn mentioned the verse earlier, 2 Peter 3, 9. Um, the Lord is not slack concerning the promise as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Mm -hmm. And I think that the story of Jonah really gives us a glimpse into the heart of God mm -hmm. and how much he yearns for us to repent so that he can give us the gift of salvation. And I think it does a lot of, it says a lot about the Ninevites as well. I mean, here here's a man coming from their enemy territory to come tell them that God is going to destroy them if they don't repent. And instead of killing this guy, I mean, there's 120,000 people in this city. They very could have easily thrown him out and killed him. But instead, they, the response of their heart is so genuine. Mm -hmm. And they listen to him and in sackcloth. And even it says the ruler of the city is, is you know, feeling, wait, we've got to make some changes here. And, and I think it's, they didn't, they didn't listen necessarily to the person through which it came, but they heard the voice of God through the person that came. And, and that touched a chord in their heart that they wanted to be in harmony with God's will. And that repentance, I think, is awesome. They did something that the children of Israel weren't even doing. I, I think what you touched upon is, is amazing to say they heard God's voice rather than Jonah's voice. Uh, because Jonah's voice apparently wasn't there very long. Mm -mm. Um, he's sitting there waiting. What is he doing during those 40 days? He could, be, he could be going around and holding evangelistic series, right? 40 days. No, he's sitting up there. He ran through it once. He preached at one street corner and then had it off. Uh, I said what I need to say. And uh, he's off again. And 40 days or 39 days or 39 and a half days, he's sitting there and waiting for the, in his opinion, inev inevitable to happen. They heard more than just Jonah's voice. I think that's really a key. And when we read Jonah, I think that, you know, like you were saying, we can, you know, it's more than just some paper and some typing, right? We can hear uh, God's voice through the story of Jonah calling us to repentance too. Mm -hmm. At least when I was reviewing it, I started wondering, you know, okay, Lord, am I being like Jonah in this and other way? And it really brought a new thoughts to my mind, new things that I needed to repent uh, about, you know, in front of the Lord. So I think it's all about repentance in many ways, the book of Jonah. I'm surprised by a couple things in the book of Jonah. Uh, we would expect Jonah to be the first to repent. He has the closest connection to God. God called him, right? But he, in fact, is the best evangelist in the Old Testament. It's not true. through good example. It's not models that we would try to reduplicate. The sailors repent on the ship. Mm -hmm. wow. They pray to God, right? Um, the Ninevites, they repent. The rulers repent. In some ways, even the animals are involved at some level. It's amazing how everybody responds before the prophet does. And, and this, this is uncomfortable. And it's uncomfortable for me as a, as a Christian who says, well, I have a connection to God, right? Is it possible that others respond quicker to God's grace than I do? It's definitely possible. <laughs> I mean, we see it right here. 
And I am pretty sure that we, if we all think about it, we'll find some or even many instances where other people that we were being prejudiced against or judging or something like that, um, were able to be touched by God quicker than in our own heart hearts, right? Mm -hmm. At least um, I was so impressed by this. This is the first time that I realized that the seaman, you know, the people in the boat, repented. Like somehow it escaped my reading of Jonah totally before. So I was so excited to see, wow, you know, Jonah is like running away from God. And yet these people are being repenting. And not only that, they were doing everything that they can, if you notice in the text, to save Jonah's life, mm -hmm. even though they knew he, it was his fault, you know? Yeah. So I was wondering, wow, how many times, you know, I think, you know, I'm like, you know, this religious person and whatever. And I'm really just messing everything up. And the people around me that I think are some kind of like heathens or something like that are the ones that are being more godlike. Yep. <laughs> Isn't it in some ways true that we usually, or maybe everybody, has this kind of thinking us versus them? And, and in Christian mm -hmm. circles, it's we're the holy ones and the world, the others. And I don't, I don't think in the book that it's, it's God's view. I think mm -hmm. the book of Jonah makes clear, for God, everybody is a human being that needs to be saved, even an animal that needs to be saved. There's not even that distinction, uh -huh. really. There, there's kind of this, even this ecological impact, right? I'm even concerned about the animals uh, in chapter 4. We have this us mm. versus them, and God doesn't have that at all. I thought of it because you just mentioned the word prejudice mm -hmm. of Jonah. And I, when I was looking through the, these chapters again, I was thinking, so, you know, there's different ways that you can be prejudiced. Prejudice against someone's race or prejudice against, you know, someone's culture. And, but I think, I think what you're saying of this us versus them mentality, I saw that here when, when we're coming with, with Jonah coming to these people because when you really think about it, these are his enemies. You know, these are people who have been persecuting his people. And I wonder if Jonah's mentality is these people aren't worthy of God's grace. These people aren't worthy to have me leave my comfort and go to them to tell them about God because I don't even like them, you know? And, and when Jonah goes to these people, it made me almost tie in with the parable that Jesus talks about in, um, what was it, Matthew chapter 20, where he says, you know, there's these different, different people that went into the vineyard at different times. Mm -hmm. One started at the beginning of the day and one, you know, all the way through the end. And then the last hour worker got just as much pay as those who mm -hmm. had been serving all day in that field. And I wonder if Jonah comes with the attitude, look, God, I've been serving you all my life. I'm from your holy people and I'm a special prophet. And I go to these people and the whole city is converted. They don't deserve this. Like, and I think it goes to the verse that you were talking about, Jennifer, is that in verse one and two, he's saying, wait a second, God, I knew you were going to be merciful and gracious. And that's why I didn't want to go to these people because I'm going to look like a fool. And he's more concerned about how he looks in front of all of these people than saying, these are people that God just saved. I mean, this is amazing. Look, I, I mean, just even from a human perspective, wow, look at all these people that were converted because of my sermon. You know, no, that doesn't even cross his mind. He's just so caught up in his own 
Now I'm going to look like a fool. Now I'm going to look mm -hmm. like, you know. I prophesied you know, this. It didn't it happen. It didn't happen. So now look at this. Like, these people don't deserve it. And so Very I'm just going to. self-centered. Oh, totally yeah. self-centered. To continue on that prejudice idea, what can we learn about prejudice from the book of Jonah? Well, we kind of mentioned that Jonah was pretty prejudiced against the Ninevites, mm -hmm. against the sea man, against most of the people in the book. And I think it's a great lesson to learn that the story basically is letting us know that that is wrong. Yeah. You know, it's not, I think, a very deep science. Like the story is basically <laughs> letting us know that prejudice <laughs> is not something Sorry, that comes from the Lord. <laughs> yeah, it's not too complicated. But it is complicated in the sense that, you know, I can be saying this right now, prejudice is bad. It's not complicated, but really God knows my heart and He knows, you know, how I grew up and cultural stuff and things that have made me be prejudiced maybe, you know. And sometimes even though we're like, no, I'm not prejudiced, I'm not, <sighs> who knows, you know, who knows, because the heart is deceitful. And uh, what you were talking about being self-righteous, I think it can be a way of prejudice. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. we think, I'm not prejudiced racially, I'm not prejudiced culturally, so I'm fine. But, you know, s that distinction that we've been doing, us versus them, can be a way of prejudice. And that's something that I think we all desperately need God to work with. I think for me even prejudice can come in the form of preconceived ideas. Mm -hmm. I may not have a particular race that I am prejudiced against mm -hmm. or a particular culture or something like that, but I can look at someone and make a quick assessment about their socioeconomic status, about their level of intelligence, about anything. Just bring preconceived ideas about that person and that shapes the way I interact with them and that's also prejudice. Mm -hmm. I, I think in some ways Jonah actually had just cause for his prejudice. And, and Autumn, you kind of brought that out. This is the enemy. These are the people that have tortured and tormented mm -hmm. the Israelites already. It's, it's mm. like in, in the 1950s saying, or 1960s and 70s, let's go to Russia and, and let's be friends with them, right? In a an, in an hostile environment, this is not just my neighbor across the street. No, this is a hostile environment. Let's go to the terrorists today. You know? and it, it, it's at that level, and yet God calls him for this extraordinary mission, and I understand why he struggles. I would struggle too. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going into hostile territory. Your life is at the line. Your word is at the line. It's difficult, and so I, I actually resonate a bit with him because we'd be reluctant too. It's nice to, to live here in America and, 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 and enjoy all the freedoms that we have, but this was not the situation. Are sometimes a little hard on Jonah because we think he should have gone to these people. You know, God called him. He should have learned the first time getting swallowed by a fish. But I mm. think there's some deeper here that can. Do I find myself sometimes in this with it being hard to reach the unlovables and the hated? Mm. Yeah. And a word that you use, extraordinary, makes mm. me think back to where we were talking about the message of the book of Jonah, which we mentioned was, you know, how God is showing basically extraordinary mercy and grace and how that goes beyond ours, you know, even if we identify with Jonah, if not, the, the reality is that humanity is not capable of doing that amount of mercy and not being prejudiced. It, it comes all from God, right? Mm -hmm. 
if we take the story of Jonah and we try to, to see what can we learn from this for our life, what are the practical implications of, of this idea of repentance, of grace, and of prejudice, what would you say are the lessons that we can take into this coming week that, uh, that will prevent us from being like Jonah and being more in the, in the image of Jesus? One thing I can think about uh, very practical is just what we've been doing this week. Just reading scripture, reading it as a story. Stories are meant for us to identify with the characters, right? And just identifying, doing that, and looking at all the stories of people that repent and repent and repent, and God is calling them to repentance, and just see where am I in this picture? What, what else do you guys would have in mind? I think that for me, this coming week, I need to be praying specifically that God would show me the areas of my life that I need to repent in, mm -hmm. because I may have some of the same attitudes that Jonah does, and I may not recognize them right now, mm -hmm. and I need to pray and ask the Lord to show me what are the areas that I need to repent, and then how can I change my actions accordingly. Mm -hmm. I think for myself, it is also this, this recognition that, that it's so easy to, be, to get into this Christian rut. This, this behavior that you do, you go to church on Sabbath, you, you say all the right words, you don't say the wrong words, you have all this appropriate behavior. And, and it's not bad, but it can become very stale. Um, and where is God challenging me to reach out and, and to reach across the aisle, so to speak, and touch other people and, and reconcile and be taken out of my own? comfort zone, so to speak. Uh, where, are, where are my own limitations? And just be real. I guess, you know, sometimes I struggle with the fact of having, you know, bad things in my heart. And I try to be like, Lord, you know, I know that's not good, so I won't do it again. But I find that God has led me to sometimes or most times be more real with him and just admit it, you know, not be kind of like afraid that if I really say what's in my heart to the Lord, it will sound so horrible because all of us have horrible things, you know. So just being able to be real through prayer, I think it helps a lot in the process of repentance because then we finally admit it before God and then at least he can start, right, mm -hmm. working with something that we admitted rather than disclosing it or something. And I, I like what you said there because I wonder if Jonah had been honest with God, saying, God, I really don't want to go to these people. And these are the reasons why, if God could have talked him through that. And mm -hmm. instead, he's like, no, I'm just going to run from my problems and try to hide from God. And I think being honest mm -hmm. with yourself before God can, can maybe help you see things in a different light. See them as God sees them, you know, not how mm -hmm. you see them. We don't know that about his beginning, right? But at the end, I do appreciate this one thing about Jonah. He talks to God and he expresses himself. Yeah. And he's, in that sense, really honest. Mm -hmm. God, this is who you are, and I have a hard time dealing with you in, in that way. I, mm -hmm. I see the grandeur of who you are, but I'm struggling with, with that in my own life. Mm -hmm. And that's how the book ends. And it actually, if Jonah penned this, it is actually his confessional statement, I went through this, and mm -hmm. this is how God took care of my own problems. And maybe that's an inspiration for us. It's easy to point fingers at others, at the Ninevites, at Jonah. It's not so easy to point fingers at ourselves. And yet we realize that God's grace is just amazing. It covers all of us in all different types of situations. 
we think that we're fine, but then we realize God needs to cover and touch our heart as well. And that's the story of Jonah. Thank you so much to you for being on the show. And if you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool, the letter U, .org. You can also join in on Facebook right off of our site. I'm Micah Mueller, and this is Sabbath School University. See you next week.